Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Hey, can I just say, God, I sound sexy today. Well, I think you sound sexy every day, but now they're going to hear the true sexiness of your voice. Uh, welcome to another edition of uh, Did You America episode... 14? 13. We, well, we we lost an episode. Ah, oh, the, the forever lost episode. Okay, first of all... um. If you were expecting an episode uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, because we promised you that, um, we did record one. God, we were funny. It was the best one yet? Uh, probably. But then uh, the uh, whatever New York producer uses to uh, load this uh, podcast to uh, cyberspace collapsed. Um, and uh, that website was down for a few days. So basically, we now have officially a lost episode. I'm going to tell you now, that episode was going to be called Rob Halford Ate My Turkey. You're going to have to wait till next Thanksgiving now <laughs> to get the story of the time I cooked a Thanksgiving meal for the lead singer of Judas Priest. Oh, the secrets that were revealed in that episode. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, apologies for that, but we are now uh, back on track and we will uh, stick with our releasing new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, if uh, you listen in anything approaching real time, uh, don't forget, if, you, if you're new, you can uh, catch up with the old episodes at didyouamerica.com, um, which if you check them out, in terms of audio quality, will sound massively inferior to the audio you are currently listening to uh, for this new episode. Because here's a fun thing to admit. When we were recording the episode uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving... We did it. As I said, it was hilarious. No one's ever going to hear it. And I suddenly looked to the laptop to which we record this podcast. And I said to Jeremy, oh, my God, I didn't plug the microphones into the laptop. <laughs> yeah, see, I felt equally to blame, though, because normally when we do this, like, I like to stare at one thing as in order to, like, not get distracted and, like, keep my train of thoughts on one track. Yeah. And what I was staring at in the last episode was literally the the input of neither of our mics being plugged into the computer. So you sat with, talking with me for about 50 minutes, looking at the, the USB plugs <laughs> at the end of each of our microphones, and at no point did you think, oh, damn, they're not actually plugged into anything. <laughs> no, sadly, I did not think why that is the, was. What is the point of doing a podcast with a millennial if your technical <laughs> understanding doesn't even stretch to the extent that microphones must be plugged in for them to work? Clearly, you picked the wrong millennial. I'm sorry, man. Oh, my God. So anyway, so I the reason why the mics weren't plugged in was because I've got, I've got this Christmas decoration. With, <laughs> <laughs> which is, so I don't worth know. Worth it. You, totally yeah. worth it. So I've got this Christmas decoration, which is a Santa Claus in an old British uh, red phone box. Um, and if you plug it in, uh, it plays Christmas music and there's kind of a snow effect on, on the lighting inside uh, the phone box. So when we're not doing a podcast, I leave that plugged into one of my laptops and, and basically the laptop powers Santa Claus in the phone box. Um, and I, I said to Jeremy, oh, no. Santa Claus has been plugged in this whole time. Anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the upshot of the situation, and this is, you think what we've just admitted was embarrassing. What we then concluded was, but huh, how come then we saw the waveform on the, uh, the audio file as if it was picking us up? And what we concluded was in the, well, 
13 previous episodes we've done of this podcast, while we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out which is the best corner for us to sit in my uh, kitchen and where to point the microphones and closing all the doors and trying to make it less echoey and the, the microphone angle, we actually realized that the whole time, even when we did plug in our microphones, neither of them were actually working and we were basically shouting into a laptop that was sat in the <laughs> middle of my kitchen table. I We multiple times would be like, we were worried about me coming off as quieter. And I started talking directly into the microphone, eating the microphone. It turns out I was just sitting far away from the computer. I never realized that uh, you had to change a setting on your computer so that if you plugged a microphone into it, it would pick up that microphone rather than the built-in microphone. Uh, to the extent that I've done radio shows for back in the UK where it was just me and a microphone, and to stop it sounding echoey, I've taken my laptop with a microphone plugged into it and recorded underneath my comforter laying on my bed, right? <laughs> so that the comforter can provide some kind of soundproofing, thinking that, you know, if I get really up close to the microphone and everything, but also that whole time, clearly that microphone was never switched on. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to Apple, though, because the fact that their computer was able to pick us up and actually have people hear us is quite impressive. But now we know we have actual microphones and we're starting to pick up the professionalness. I mean, it probably sounds like we're in a studio. I would just like it to be known that we are not. I still don't have a job and I'm still very much available for an actual <laughs> professional radio gig if you would uh, like to hire me. Um, although you're talking up Apple, you do have issues because your iPhone broke, right, over Thanksgiving? Yeah, I had kind of a rough Thanksgiving week, I guess. Nothing really went right for me, so it started off like two... I was going to Houston for Thanksgiving where my mom lives, and Tuesday, you know, I noticed my phone's just not working correctly, so I'm kind of messing with it. I'm like, oh, I have an update available. Let me update my phone. Let, you know, fix these bugs. And it said, you're not connected to Wi-Fi. Can't uh, download, update, whatever it was. My phone had refused to connect to Wi-Fi. It just completely stopped. I find that when you um, have an old phone and you know that it's, it's at death's door, don't you get scared when it says it wants to update because you think, oh, my God, one more update. Basically, it'll get to the point where one more update could be euthanasia for your phone, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it was actually getting to the point that we're like, Every nothing was working, so the only possible fix was the update. Like I'd open apps and be like, "You can't open this app." But like again, I couldn't even connect to Wi-Fi, so like my internet was moving really slow. It was no terrible. Pornhub, no Pornhub. The porn videos were going so slow. X Hamster was really bad. It was like jerking off in the early two thousands. <laughs> right, might as well have been on dial-up. <laughs> right. So you know. I, I keep getting these notifications, though, from AT&T telling me you have an update available. So I went ahead and I bit the bullet and I ordered a new iPhone, the brand new one, iPhone 12 Pro, only for yesterday, randomly, without me doing anything new to my phone, I connected to Wi-Fi. So this is a prime example of the two things that I've always said about Apple. A your phone is spying on you because it knew that you were having issues. But B, Apple make things deliberately to break. And in this time, 
they kind of came together. So your phone convinced you the only way that you were going to be able to exist in the modern world was to get a new phone. And then as soon as you ordered the new phone, suddenly the Wi-Fi connection came back, right? I now understand what it feels like to be uh, raped by the Illuminati. <laughs> That's essentially what Apple did to me. They took over my whole life's being and controlled it for their own personal gain. Wow. There you go. Enjoy the monthly payments for the new iPhone. You just heard it here. Apple are officially Scientologists. Is that what we're saying well you know i've i have issues with apple i've been i don't know if i've told it on this podcast but i have been kicked out of the apple store so the apple store really yes apple is one of the places where the world over i always felt like you get great service i have an oh, issue I, I, no right when i lived in shitsville right and i was just craving to live in america where there was customer service when I was having a really bad day with how difficult it was to survive day to day with England where nothing works properly, sometimes I would just walk to the local Apple store as if it was therapy because I knew if I walked in and made out I was interested in buying something, <laughs> someone would be nice, show me customer service and talk me through it. And I'd spend, I don't know, 15 minutes in the Apple store and leave without buying anything because I never went in there with the intention of making a purchase. But I'd leave thinking... In America, everywhere I go will be like that. There is civilization. It's just 5,000 miles away from where I live. But I used to pop into the Apple store just to kind of, like I said, it was like it was like therapy. You go to the Apple store and you, the customer service isn't good enough? Yeah, I was going to say, we've had the complete opposite experience. I'm starting to think that the Apple store bases their customer service based off of attractiveness levels of their customers because I get no sign of respect like that. There is a thing where I don't know if there's a casting couch, but it, for, for, and, and again, I don't know, I, I, I'm not sure i'm uh, brace yourself i'm about to say something controversial oh, no. generally people who are great at tech aren't the best looking people right yeah. you go into the apple store there's a lot of good looking people that can get get their screwdriver out and fix your nuts and bolts on your circuit board i right, found because they're faking it that's why geek squad over genius bar all day the <laughs> i the apple store genius bar is the single most pretentious place on earth I want nothing to do with it. What was your bad experience? Okay, so I, again, it was an iPhone a issue with an early iPhone. I was trying to open an app, and instead of the apps opening, every app I clicked would just delete off my phone screen. Right. Randomly. That's so, unfortunate. Yes, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, I keep deleting all these apps. So I set an appointment. How many times did you have to reload X videos? So many times. <laughs> they told me I couldn't get viruses on this iPhone. I proved them wrong. <laughs> so I set up an appointment with the Apple store. It's a busy day, so I'm very happy I did so. Let's say, you know, I don't remember. This was a few years back. Let's say the appointment was at 12.30 p.m. Right. 1 p.m. rolls around and still no one has helped me. So eventually I walk up to one of these so-called geniuses and say, hey, I had an appointment. Can someone help me? They said, oh, we'll be right with you. I then watched that guy sit and chat with his buddies at work, just having a good old time, not actually working for another 20 minutes before he came up and tried to help me. So now I'm steaming. You know, I've, I'm waiting way too long and I have a legitimate issue with my phone. Mm -hmm. So I wait and I wait and finally he comes up to help me. And he grabs my phone and he plugs it in and says, I don't know what's wrong with it. You can go buy a new one over there. 
And this is in the early era of iPhones where if something was wrong with your iPhone, they simply handed you a new one for free and said, our bad. I remember that. Yeah, so instead he said, you can go buy one over there, and I lost it. I started screaming. They had to call security and literally (laughs) pull me out of the store. As This was like two weeks after Steve Jobs died. I'm screaming (laughs) as they pull me out of the store. I'm happy Steve Jobs died. He effing deserved it. I went absolutely nuts, and I'm not allowed at the Willow Bend Mall Apple store ever again. You were escorted out of an Apple store by security because you went so nuts because the customer service was so bad. Meanwhile, simultaneously, 5,000 miles away, I'd be walking to an Apple store just to just to witness customer service happening in the belief that it did happen in at least one store in all of Shitsville, and that one day I'd be living in a proper country where it would happen all over the place. We were basically on the seesaw. My misery led to your greatness at the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, I you know I've definitely was uh, I'm used to these iPhone issues, and sure I'm I'm happy I'm getting the new one, but like oh god, that was just the start of issues for my Thanksgiving week. Uh, Thanksgiving was good. I mean yeah, Thanksgiving was good. I got to see family and all that. It was enjoyable. It was. This is so embarrassing. I mean I have. I probably have the single most embarrassing injury stories on the face of the earth. Me and you have gone back and forth a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think I hit a new one. I literally hurt myself rocking is it, is out. The, is this Johnny Cash? I hurt <laughs> myself. Should we be playing? Like, cause I feel like you're about to tell the story uh, and an injury would only happen to someone of Johnny Cash's age who sounds like he does singing that song, like someone he, really different. I hurt myself today <laughs> apparently based on the injury i had johnny cash was in better shape then than i am now okay. as a 28 year old man right so i'm you know i'm road tripping it i'm jamming out have the music blasting and i was listening to thundercat song them changes he did a recent live performance with ariana grande it's spectacular go check it out but during it he has a wicked bass solo and you know I'm air basing it with him, just jamming out, get my funk face While on. you're driving down the freeway. While I'm driving going like 80 miles per hour, yeah, no hands on the wheels. Right. And then all of a sudden, I, I pulled a muscle or I got a cramp in my side from rocking out too hard. And now, now I'm like in severe pain. I can't pull over. I can't stretch it out. What car do you have? I have a Chrysler 300. Right. Um... So for a start, your mobility is quite limited to like how... Uh, enthusiastically you could rock out yeah, no while... I couldn't move very far which was shocking of how I hurt myself I was literally like gyrating just the top of my body in a chair and managed to come out injured <laughs> do you know how fat you have to be to hurt and then like I, I'm, I still had like three hours of drive left and now like I have this severe pain in my side that will not go away I'm like I was so I was screaming in the car by myself and Paige's like ah why <laughs> so yeah Thanksgiving wasn't great for me and this, the sad thing is these aren't like I, I don't know what it is you know we've talked about me quitting cigarettes right I've, I was expecting this to make me so much healthier my body is breaking down since I quit smoking cigarettes. My knee has never been acting up more than ever. My foot ran. We, we talked about when we were doing the demos. I thought I had gout. <laughs> A disease that doesn't even exist anymore. 
I think I need to go back to smoking. Yeah, if you'd have been smoking while driving down the freeway, that would have been one part of your body that you wouldn't have been airbasing. You couldn't have airbased because you would have had a cigarette in the hand, right? I don't want to corrupt our huge under 18 audience on this podcast, but smoking saves lives, apparently, because I am clearly, I've always been a bit of a hypochondriac. At the same time, I never go to doctors because I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. I am dying right now. <laughs> right. It's a, I have a ri- not even the side that I hurt when I was rocking out. I now have like a random pain on the other side of my huge fucking gut. That, like every time I sit up, it hurts. <laughs> like that shouldn't happen. I shouldn't just be sore from sitting up. Have you got to the point where I, I, I've always thought that the two kind of key stages of... Um, when you're getting old, when when uh, the effect of that sitting has on you, right? So <laughs> so that when you're getting old, when you get up out of the chair and you go, oh, that's that's getting old. But it's it's way worse when it's the other way around and you're going to sit down in the chair as in and just to sit down, you go, oh, you don't know. I'm not at that yet. But you you I'm at 28. I'm already there. Up or down in the chair, it doesn't matter. I'm complaining. Oh, every time. Every single time. It's not even that painful. It's just like it's a hassle. Why do I have to move? So my Thanksgiving, um, I went to my friend's house. So um, this is someone that I used to know in London. She used to work at a venue uh, called the Camden Underworld. And um, I probably hadn't seen her in about 15 years. And I didn't. we'd lost contact. And I didn't realize it was because she'd met... Um, an American and, and married him and moved to Dallas. And so she got in touch with me on social media when I had a job because she heard me on the radio in DFW and was messaging me going, do you remember me? I live Small here. World. I know, it really is. So it was a great, 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 great Thanksgiving because she was one of my favorite people from back in Shitsville. And obviously now she lives in a proper country and the great state of Texas. I like her even more, right? Good girl, yeah. And um, so, you know, we hadn't seen one another in uh, 15 plus years and... Um, I had a great Thanksgiving meal, and uh, I met her husband, who was uh, who was also great. What she hadn't warned me about, because you know she she hasn't had that much contact with me for you know between fifty and twenty years, was the fact that there would be dogs at Thanksgiving. Now you know I've got oh, my dog no. phobia, so I go drive up to uh, Arlington and uh, knock on the door. It's this lovely house from the outside. There's a lot of American flags on the street. I'm feeling very very comfortable. <laughs> So she comes to the door. She looks the same as she did 15 years ago. That's good living in Texas, everybody. That's what happens. And what a compliment for her. What? She looks the same as 15, 15 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Ago. Yeah. Crushing it. Yeah. And, uh, and then I hear, rah, rah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and she says, yo, you're all right with dogs, aren't you? And I was like, I can't, I, can't, I can't pull off our first time in 15 years. We've seen one another reunion. Right? So did you just have to pretend? So I went, ah. And then she goes, that one's not mine. Mine's around the corner. I'm like, fuck, there's another dog. There's multiple. So (laughs) she'd mentioned to me that, um, but this is also funny. Someone else she used to work with at this music venue in London, who I also knew, um, now lives in Austin. So it was kind of a reunion of, of people that used to hang out at this music venue called the Camden Underworld because her friend, uh, who, who I knew from back in the day, had driven up from Austin. She'd brought this second dog with her, right? 
So I go navigate my way through the house. I've got this one thing that's yapping at me. (laughs) Then I get into the kitchen area and there's a second dog, right? And then from out of nowhere, one the size of a horse just decides there's a third. Have I I come to a house or the dog pound? I mean, I say, is this somewhere I should be going for Thanksgiving dinner, or is this somewhere? Do you adopt strays? Are you running some sort of exchange program? Because I'm thinking this in my head again. I'll, 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 I'll remind you. It's the first time I've seen this lady in probably more than 15 years, and I'm, I've been looking forward to it. But she's been cooking all day to get ready for the Thanksgiving dinner for for four people. I was aware there was going to be four of us. I didn't know that the humans were almost going to be outnumbered by the dogs. Oh, my God. That's literally your worst nightmare. But here's the weirdest thing. And although we make light of this, and by the way, I don't say that I dislike dogs. I think it's a completely irrational phobia I have. I think if I could get over my phobia, I'd actually probably prefer dogs to most most humans. And I'd be the first to admit... It is irrational because I can't articulate what I'm scared of. I don't think they're going to bite me. I know that most dogs probably wouldn't bite me. As soon as I see a dog, and it doesn't size doesn't matter. I'm just scared. Right? Size dog. You, you could walk in with a Rottweiler, or you could be an old lady who carries one of those little dogs in a handbag. Right? right? Either. No, it, no, 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 no. So when people are like, "We need to get rid of pit bulls," you're like, "Fuck that! Get rid of all dogs." Literally, I, you know, I. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. And so the building that I live in um, here in Deep Ellum, there's loads of dogs here, and I live on the fifth floor, so I'm forever going in the elevator to, right. to, to go downstairs. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I got in the elevator uh, with a lady who had a dog, and uh, the dog immediately gets excited because someone else has got in the elevator, <laughs> and and uh, and it's trying to get at me. And so we're in an enclosed space. This is my worst nightmare. And uh, the lady says, uh, "Oh, don't worry, she's friendly. You know, the elevator is her favourite place to go because she always meets someone new." And I'm thinking, this is exactly why I'm terrified of the elevator because I think I might meet a, might meet a dog. My, the same week, a couple of weeks ago, I was out for a run during, uh, through the historic districts of Dallas, right? And in the distance, I could see uh, a person walking a dog again. It looked about the size of a horse. It was very, very big. And so I ran across to the other sidewalk to get away from it. And by the time I was level with this massive dog, I guess it was a dad and his little kid were out walking as well. And they know the owner of the dog. And by the time I was on the other side of the sidewalk, right... This kid, who's probably about three, <laughs> was standing nose to nose with the dog that's the size of a horse, oh. right? <laughs> rubbing the little kid's rubbing his nose against the dog's nose and like patting the dog and playing with it while the two adults are talking. And I'm watching from the other side of the road, scared out of my life. <laughs> Meanwhile, like this three-year-old is like the fucking dog whisperer it's in like, comparison. It's, it's like, like a horror movie for I, you. In my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, the dog's going to eat the boy. <laughs> I'm about to witness my first baby get eaten. Right, yes. <laughs> There's about to be a baby death because the dog that's the size of a horse is going to 
eat the boy because the boy is rubbing his nose. But again, it puts into perspective like how ridiculous my dog fear is. I've run to the opposite sidewalk just so I don't have to go past this dog. And there's a three-year-old who's rubbing his nose up against the dog, right? So... <laughs> Take that as fear, right? Yeah. Then put me back in my friend's kitchen in Arlington for Thanksgiving. For a holiday, you were anticipating nothing but joy and delicious foods and relaxation. But here's the weirdest thing. So I was a little bit scared of the little yappy dog that started yapping at me when I first walked in. But the owner of that dog just shouted at it to be quiet and it stopped yapping. And then it, did, it wasn't bothered with me for the rest of the time, right? Uh -huh. And I spent about six hours in uh, the Thanksgiving house. We had lovely food. We were having a catch-up. It was great. Even to the point that when I was leaving, I I'd brought some food containers to take leftovers, like nice. a proper American. And as I started to scoop up some leftovers and put them in the food container, the big dog in, in the Thanksgiving <laughs> house, whose head like could rest on the, the dining right. table, it was, it was pretty tall, decided to come over because it could smell the food. And I just went, not for you, and it walked away. Oh, wow, what and, a well-trained dog. But this is the most, as I said, how irrational my dog fear is. So on one hand, a couple of weeks ago, I've run to the opposite sidewalk to get away from a big dog that a minute later is rubbing its nose up against a three-year-old boy, and the three-year-old <laughs> boy's having loads of fun with the dog, right? But I'm that much of a scaredy cat. And yet, some, somehow at Thanksgiving, I sat around eating food for six hours with three dogs, one of which was very, very big, and I was fine with it. You're like a step away from getting a dog of your own. I don't You're know. almost there. It's weird, though. I mean, I guess that's how... I don't know. I don't really know anyone who's got... Like, I mean, if we find a person who's got a phobia of spiders, I feel like that's one of the most common phobias. Right. Anyone want to get in touch with this podcast and go, oh, you know, occasionally I meet a spider I like. Like, is that how it works? Because I feel like that's how well, it's working think, for me. I think we need to test it. I need to think we need to put you around a dog that you would normally be scared of. You would normally hate my dog. I mean, first of all, if you said food not for you, he would have said screw you, jumped up on the counter, said food not for you, and started eating off your plate. So that wouldn't have the jump, The jumping terrifies me. You know what scares oh, me is, is when, they're, when they're really enthusiastic to meet you. Like, yep. And I think what there was one dog that was barking at me, the little yappy dog, when I walked in, and then it stopped. And then because then that lost interest and the others weren't interested, then I was kind of fine with what was going on because they didn't care. If they just sort of sat in the corner or were wandering around minding their own affairs, that's when they're interested and they're excited and they want to jump and yap, that I might as well have a heart attack. There's never been a person to walk through my front door that my dog didn't jump and piss all over. It happens every time someone comes in my house <laughs> yes yeah, urine all over their shoes they do say that dogs reflect their owners that might be a i pee on people too so what <laughs> i don't think it's a you know don't kink bash me <laughs> all right we need to get to uh, song of the day and uh, also uh, I, I got one more thing on the thanksgiving because i do have to quote uh, my friend's husband, the American that she married, because as a result of him being married to a Brit, they've spent some time in Britain. And I had to press him on the idea that I meet various Americans who think they love Britain and could live there. And so this is a guy who's lived in DFW for 30 years. And I had to sort of run it past someone who might as well be a full-blown Texan and say, you don't actually think shit feels good, do you? Because you, the lady, my friend... 
She's from a part of Essex in the UK, very close to where I grew up. So you couldn't get a better comparison of taking someone who's lived in DFW for 30 years, making them spend some time with their in-laws and taking in Essex UK. I mean, to be fair, if he just said to me, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I think Essex UK is a great place. That might have got me out of that house faster than those dogs, just out of <laughs> disgust rather than fear. But I tell you this, that wasn't his response. We'll get to that next. All right, part two of Did You America episode... The 28. DidYouAmerica.com is where you can go to for all the old episodes. Also, if you want to get a T-shirt, we have the uh, America T-shirts on the website for sale right now. Uh, Let's do Song of the Week. An update on uh, what happened last week. Jeremy, Matter of Time by Eddie Vedder. 9% of the vote. Uh, It's not zero. A New York producer went for Chinatown, Bleachers featuring Bruce Springsteen. 8% of the vote. Ooh, not last place either, New York producer. Uh, Estella, Kenny Hoopla featuring Travis Barker. My choice, 83% of the Uh. vote. Shout out to uh, Kenny Hoopla, who uh, retweeted us. I think that's why I was victorious that week. Either that or, you know, this election was rigged, but whatever. (laughs) So thank you if you voted uh, for those songs. Uh, Let's set up some new song choices uh, before we get to some other stuff on today's podcast. Uh, Jeremy, which song would you like our listeners to vote for on your behalf this week? Vote or not vote for, my song will be Juicy J. Uh, featuring Logic, 1995. Now, this wasn't one of the songs that you injured yourself dancing to in the car on Thanksgiving? It it's, might as well have been, but no, it wasn't. Okay, all right. 1995 by Juicy J, if you want to go for uh, Jeremy's song. Uh, New York producer is going for Chills by Grandma. Um, I was looking at... There wasn't loads of stuff that came out last week because uh, Friday release day being Black Friday, but there is a new album by Hatebreed. Oh, wow. What yeah. a name. I know, you don't know Hatebreed? I don't, know. Oh, I love a bit of Hatebreed. Uh, they sound like what you'd imagine. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they released a new album called uh, Weight of the False Self, and there's a new track, uh, Cling to Life, which is um, my choice. So you can vote for any of those songs via my social media or on the website, didyouamerica.com. Chills by Grandma, the uh, choice of New York producer. 1995 by Juicy J is Jeremy's choice. And uh, Cling to Life by Hatebreed is my one. Uh, By the way, I just uh, wanted to also mention, so the the lead singer and the main guy in Hatebreed is a guy called Jamie Jaster. Um, He used to host Headbangers Ball on MTV here back in the day. Not only is he launching a new Hatebreed album, he's also got his own brand of Jaster's Pasta available. What, What is a Jaster Pasta? It's Pasta. His oh, name's pas- Jamie. Uh, oh, pasta. Uh, pasta. Oh, you thought he was selling church p- Yeah, I was pastas? like, wow, that's not ex- what I was expecting from Hatebreed, but... <laughs> the Church of Hatebreed? Yeah, it's not exactly Creed, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do not, I'm not aware that he's moved into, uh, you know, sending... If you, if you need a new pastor for your church, <laughs> contact the lead singer of Hatebreed. He'll be reading the lyrics to the new album, The Weight of the False Self, as if it's some kind of religious <laughs> sermon. 
I'd listen to that. Uh, cling to life does sound like the kind of thing you'd probably hear read at a church. Maybe, hey, Jamie Jaster, this is your million dollar idea that we just had on our podcast today. You're welcome. Uh, so you've got Jaster's pasta for food. <laughs> okay. Is that how you say it? I, well, pasta. Pa- you're saying pasta, which kind of threw me out. I thought you were saying pastor. But yeah, pasta, pasta, tomato, tomato. Right, okay. But maybe he could actually start sending out religious... Pasta? Yeah, past, no. <laughs> Enjoy this Jesus pasta. <laughs> Made from the blood of the Lord. <laughs> no, it's not the tomato sauce. That's his blood. <laughs> now here's a song about it. <laughs> Church has never been so much fun. I would I would convert if that this was is the new, This was. is the new Trinity Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Sorry, Judaism, I'm gone. <laughs> Hatebreed TV is a YouTube channel for the new Hatebreed album. No, it's the new evangelism. <laughs> First, it'll be you know whatever pasta guy. The guy's name is Jimmy Jamsta, whatever. Jamie Jamie Jasta. And following him will be Pat Robertson. It's a new schedule. All right, so you can vote for them. At uh, didyouamerica.com. Yeah, so uh, what I did want to say, just to round up the Thanksgiving stories, was so I go to my friend's house. uh, As I said, hadn't seen her in uh, 15-plus years. She's a Brit. I know her from Shitsville. She now lives in the prop country in the great state of Texas uh, because she married... uh, It's a guy who's actually from Minnesota, but he's lived here for 30 years, so he's pretty much a Texan by this point. You've welcomed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, do you know the actual thing? This just occurred to me. The other thing that I think might have uh, just overridden my fear of the fact I was in a house with three dogs, the thing that might have psychologically gave, given me some comfort, before I saw the dog, the first thing I noticed when I walked into the house was that an Iron Maiden calendar up. It would have been a lot better than you would have expected a three dogs night calendar, but instead you got Bill Butts. Check out that dad joke for the dad band that Jeremy gave us. I've been holding on to that one for a few minutes since you mentioned three dogs. I I mean, I've always had an Iron Maiden calendar. I'm their biggest fan. And um, I, uh, you know, I I, I don't often go to other houses that have Iron Maiden calendars, uh, you know, hanging up. Iron Maiden anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, so so, so I like that so he and i were getting on uh, very well also on the subjects of i made him i'd said because they kept on saying don't bring any food and i said no no no, no. I'm, i need to at least bring some booze uh because most of us were non-drinkers but uh sharon's husband uh, drinks so she so he just got blackout for all of you 100 <laughs> percent. no he was fine but uh but he did um she said he drinks Iron Maiden beer right oh now i made beer i'm a was a big fan of during my drinking days when i used to live in arizona I used to be able to go get it at uh, Total Wine. So I went to Total Wine here in the great state of Texas. I couldn't find it. Lady came up to me and uh, did a little search on a handheld device, and she said, wow, not only have we not had it at this Total Wine, none of the Total Wines anywhere near here have ever stocked the Iron Maiden beer. And it was like someone took a a knife to my fast-becoming Texas heart because I thought, oh, my God, I might have just found the first thing I don't like about Texas that in <gasps> wait in Arizona total wine serve Iron Maiden beer but apparently they don't at any total wine in DFW so this was troubling me again yeah. this may have been why I 
temporarily overcame my fear of dogs because I was surrounded by three dogs and I thought, fuck that. I've got bigger things on my mind today. Texas is letting themselves down in the Iron Maiden beer category. Did you check to make sure like maybe it wasn't like rebranded for Pantera here? (laughs) (laughs) They had some Metallica beer that I bought him. But but then, then Texas clawed its way back to victory because... I'm chatting with uh, Todd, his name is, and I said, listen, I'm sorry I couldn't get the Maiden beer. Uh, but uh, I said, you know, I did check Total Wine. And uh, he goes, oh, no, 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 that's fine. You want to get Maiden beer in Texas? <laughs> you got to go to Whole Foods. <laughs> and I went, oh, my God, Texas wins. But- I'm like, hang on. Did I just hear that right? The store that exists for granola vegan eating liberals in Texas is the place to go. I I wouldn't even, I mean, I'm aware they do serve alcohol, but I wouldn't have even considered going to Whole Foods to buy the most mainstream beer. But apparently in the great state of Texas where suddenly, oh, I was like, thank God. Be still, my beating, bleeding heart. Stop the bleeding. <laughs> it's okay. Because the fact you can't get Iron Maiden beer in Total Wine in Texas is now actually beaten by the fact you can buy it in Whole Foods. Well, you know, last week in the last episode, we discussed uh, Kiss making a deal with Walmart. Oh, yes. Uh, so this is kind of, I like the idea that Iron Maiden made a deal with Whole Foods of all companies. Like, yeah, sell our beer. Go for it. <laughs> Just like, but seriously, next to 20 million types of granola and be, and beyond every kind of meat and all of that other you know i'm gonna sound like a real texan now all that new age shit BS. That, you, <laughs> that you can buy you know there's like there's i made in beer in whole foods everybody so yeah i uh so that suddenly put me back on track of uh, oh thank god texas still rules we did it so then i said okay i need to ask you about you know visiting the uk when you um you know when you've done it with uh, w- with your wife i said because occasionally i run into americans who think that they love it and just when i thought that uh, my new friend todd couldn't get any more any more excellent than he did from having an iron maiden calendar and telling me to, uh, that uh, iron maiden beer is available at uh, at whole foods he said um oh yeah i've been to essex in the uk a few times because you know it's where my wife's from he said i gotta say i've heard what you say about it on the podcast i wouldn't say it's that bad but he leans over the, the dining room table and goes, I don't really like it. And I said, <laughs> tell me more. And he goes. He was like easing into the opinion. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but this, this is a great one-liner. And I was like, fucking God bless Texas. He goes, there has been more than one occasion where after spending about a week in the UK, we've flown back. And when the plane lands at DFW, I do get a sense of relief. (laughs) So like he gets a boner the moment he hits on the ground. I don't get it. (laughs) You don't know what it's like to be displaced in that shithole country for like a week when you just want your Texas conveniences around you. I said to him, there ain't no Iron Maiden beer at Whole Foods in the UK. (laughs) Look, I don't even like leaving Texas, so I get it. (laughs) Right, exactly. So yeah, that was was a lot of fun for my... my, uh, my You found uh, a partner in hatred for England. It just took coming to America to do so. He didn't have the hate for it that I've got because he hasn't spent as much time there. I think he absolutely would because he's a well-adjusted person. Uh, I just liked the idea that after having spent a week there the sense of relief that happens when the plane touches down in dfw because you're you're just 
Oh, thank God I'm back in civilization. <laughs> now getting a, getting a lift car and go. Could you go via Whole Foods? <laughs> I got some Iron Maiden Trooper beer to get. No, no not Total Wine. Whole no, Foods. They're not going to have it there. It's, trust me. It's right next to the vegan display. <laughs> now, does his wife, your friend from England, do, does she still have like a like a hidden love for her? Her former home, or is she like you, or once she's been in a proper country, she's like, no, screw that place. Yeah, she's like, screw that place. I think she is, um, I don't know whether she dislikes England for for, for as, uh, as much as I did, because I think the difference is, is that she, you know, visited America, quite liked it, met him, they fell in love, got married, so she moved to America. She never had this sort of burning desire to be living in America for, for years right. and not being able to figure it out while she was living in, in the UK. But there is something to that in so much as, you know, the husband, he's only ever been there to visit and only goes for seven to ten days at a time and is like, yeah, I, I kind of see why I wouldn't get on with it. Right. But, you know, how it often do you get that sense of relief when you come? I mean, I'm probably uh, describing something that most Texans feel anytime they have to go to California and then they come back. Is there a sense of relief once you've put, yeah? Like anytime I've been on the plane, period. Once you hit DFW, you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I just like the, you know, their their hatred for the UK has been learned. Yours? You were born with it. Oh, I've lived it. It's like my Vietnam. If you weren't there, you don't know. <laughs> the, the whole living in England was like your own personal Vietnam. Yes. Like the first, what, 19 years of yeah. your life? Nam. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. And then at age 19, the first time I ever went to America, I went to Los Angeles and saw like a please thank you culture and, you know, uh, customer service. And um, I was, uh, you know, got my first free refill of coffee and thought, oh, my God, this is what it's like not to live in Vietnam. You get everything for free the second time around. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, what should we do before we go? Oh, also, let's just turn it into a complete celebration of, uh, of all things Texan. Also over the weekend, I went to the uh, Decorator's Warehouse in Arlington, which is basically like a Christmas store that is the size of Costco. Again, just a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know how you know you're in a Texas Christmas store? Because their Santa wears a U.S. flag mask. <laughs> so American. And he was, uh, he didn't, like, they, when you walked into the, the huge store, Santa wasn't even on a sleigh. He was on a Harley Davidson wearing a U.S. flag face mask. Whenever I go into a store like that, I always wonder, like, what was here before? Or, like, are they just year-round Christmas store? Or? No, it is. That's the other oh, great wow. thing I like. That's they, impressive. Yeah, I, I don't know what it would be like if you go there in August where it, when it's 100 degrees outside and there's, you know. <laughs> like, what do you buy? That's like Party City, like, you know, they have Halloween costumes for one time of the year and then the rest of the year, I guess, they sell, like, cups and plates. I don't know. Right. right. I, yeah, I, I have no idea, but they, 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 they do do that. There was a, a, a all-round Christmas stores in um, parts of Arizona when I used to live there, and I didn't know they were a thing, but I remember going with some friends to this little town up the top of a mountain called Jerome. It's where um, the singer from Tool lives, Maynard, like okay. kind of middle of nowhere, but it's cool. You drive up the side of a mountain, and there's a yeah. little little town up there, and they got an all-year Christmas store, and uh, I was there in March, very taken with this concept because I like Christmas, and I'm chatting to the lady in there, and she says to me, oh, you know... 
there used to be these every few miles, but I'm the only one now for 600 miles and blah, 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 blah. And I'm chatting to her and she goes, you know, I've kept it going 30 years. So she's telling me this story and I'm like loading up on as many snow globes as I can carry, <laughs> buying into all this. And and I said, oh, you know, it feels kind of strange to be buying Christmas stuff in March, but well, you know, what a great, nice shopping experience this was. And she goes, oh... I'm so grateful for your support because, you know, so many of these stores is closed down and she's telling me that, you know, this story over and over again. And I said, well, I think it's great you keep it going. Like, I'll come back to Jerome soon and good luck. Anyway, we drove 20 minutes up the road to fucking Sedona. What do I find? Another fucking Christmas store. It's like that lying bitch. <laughs> she was just trying to take my money. And she knew because I get to the one, I get to the Christmas, I get to the Christmas store in Sedona, right? By the way, way better produce, but I've just, I've just, just spunked three hundred dollars uh, on snow globes at, at the shop up the top of the mountain. I was like, I feel like driving back there and going, "Hey, lady, you might as well be someone selling me stolen goods out of a suitcase in a fucking bar for how fucking honest you were." I could, yeah. I was really hoping that like you were gonna drive to Sedona and it was gonna be like the same exact store. Like she was acting like, "Oh, help small businesses," and really she was the massive Christmas chain knocking everyone out of the state. <laughs> the the one thing I do always have respect for these stores is you know they make sure to have at least one tiny quarter of dreidels for the jews so. oh they do okay yeah there's always a little bit of representation it's not big it's not like a display right like, yeah it's there they they let them know it's it's the holiday season oh right okay yeah yeah i don't know well the the um the christmas store as i said in uh, dfw it, it could have been a Costco before it was that big. So oh, wow. I was like, I was very, very, very impressed. And they've got, I, I was driving up whatever freeway gets you there, 20 miles on one freeway. There are three billboards on the side of the freeway. Oh. <laughs> Texas biggest Christmas store, right? Wow. And my takeaway from that was, it was huge. They weren't lying. It is legitimate. And even five years after that little old lady in Arizona sold me down the river buying $300 <laughs> worth of snow globes from her, I'm still a bit angry and I'm wandering around the huge, huge Christmas store in Texas going, this is another thing that Texas is better at. They told me it was all year round. They told me it was the biggest one. It's absolutely huge. Not lying like that bitch, that fucking probably 80-year-old bitch Let's in a her. rocking chair in uh, Jerome. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, the, they had a bunch of billboards. You already know that was like the one month out of the year. They're like, all right, we'll take down the gun show billboards. We'll put up the Christmas store billboards. It's funny you say that because... I counted three billboards for the Christmas store, one billboard for a gun show. So I think <laughs> they did it. four, yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you this. What did you buy at the Christmas store? Um, I didn't because I need to get a new job before I can start investing <laughs> in these a, things. It was window, it, it was shopping, window shopping. But if you, if it, 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 basically, if uh, someone will put me back on the radio in DFW, right, I, this is my pledge to you. I will go back to that giant-sized Christmas store on the freeway and say, how much for the Santa Claus display on the Harley-Davidson? And I'll just <laughs> buy that. I don't think officially that is for sale. It's literally the first thing you see when right. you walk in to greet you because they're going like, this is Texas. This is how we do Christmas, everybody. And um, 
But I was very taken with it because I was just like, oh, you've got to be in Texas to see Santa on a Harley with an American flag face mask. You buy a full price Harley just for it to like sit in the corner of your apartment for like two months out of the year. With Santa on it, yeah. (laughs) Now, when I say that I promise that I will buy Santa with his American flag face mask sitting on a Harley from the front of the Arlington Christmas store, if someone in DFW puts me back on the radio so I've got a job, I may be claiming that with the same level of honesty that that bitch from the store in Jerome said when she claimed she was the only Christmas store within 600 miles. (laughs) Right, like, don't hold me to it. (laughs) But in theory, it's a good idea, right? I'm all for it. Screw it. Let's buy it. Let's start a GoFundMe. We're getting you that Christmas uh, decoration. Imagine if I don't uh, get a job and I have to put all of my stuff in storage because I can't afford to pay any rent. And then the movers come around and they just they go, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like, I, I yeah, I don't know if the motorcycle Santa's going to fit in my attic. <laughs> all right, I think we're um, pretty much done. We have plenty of other stuff to talk about. Hey, when we come back on Thursday, if you listen to any of this in uh, anywhere near real time. There's a thing about COVID killing off scented candles, which is also a a seasonal thing to discuss because I love scented candles, especially at uh, the Christmas time of the year. Um, We also need to talk about um, people getting out of control on uh, airplanes and um, getting upgrades at airports. So that's some stuff that I planned for today, which we will get around to uh, next time. New episodes loaded up normally on Monday and Thursday afternoons. T-shirts available and uh, song of the week votes are at didyouamerica.com. And uh, let's just uh, finish with uh, Jeremy and myself congratulating ourselves that after, uh, what, we think about 14 episodes, we've actually realized that previously we hadn't plugged our microphones in, um, but now we actually have working micro. We were sitting here talking into microphones that weren't plugged in, but now we actually have microphones in front of us that work. And I think you'll agree that uh, on today's podcast, we sounded very, very sexy. We might not have been funny. We might have been talking <laughs> shit, but at least actually the sound of it sounded good, right? We made it, guys. We're almost a real podcast. Oh, my God, yeah. I almost feel as, uh, as accomplished as Melissa Joan Hart playing the role of a podcaster in her new Hallmark Christmas movie movie which i watched this weekend a review of that coming thursday there's a tease (laughs) 